And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunk Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, April 4th, 2022, and I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, thanks to the power of technology, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Congrats to those Gamecocks. That's what Ooh. I was watching last night. Don Way Staley. to go, Cox. What a dynasty. <laughs> We've got the top shot hot boy himself, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. And uh, making the magic happen, pushing the buttons, pulling the levers. Guest producer, Andrew Schlecht. Uh, we got a Poku triple-double last night. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, he got Chris Paul on the rip-through move, I saw. He got him on the it was an overall weird night in OKC. <laughs> uh, no JD, of course, here today. He is uh, still on vacation. And uh, in case you were wondering, no, we haven't heard from him. So that's good. Uh, also, Lili, I guess he's made his way down to Aruba, if I have that uh, correct, because his kids are uh, on March break. But we won't be having Lili here today. But I think later on he's joining us uh, later this week. So, uh, you know, be excited for that. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment, share the show. Email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us across all social media channels and get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. A dollar a month deal on uh, right now. How's everybody doing though, Tass? Let's check in with you. You're still down in, uh, in Disney World. Have you seen the Plutos and, and the Mickeys and the Minis and the... Uh, and the minions and the i don't know what else there is <laughs> yeah that's exactly what they say when you arrive uh come Ooh. check out the plutos and the minis and the minions Ooh, yeah look at i'm this here guy. i've got some uh glittery ears uh everybody's having a great time down here we're having fun we're having a blast kids are loving it absolutely man absolutely have you run into bump yet have i run into bump yeah a guy we know called have bump. I, bumped bump? I saw that he's down there yeah no oh okay Okay. Hopefully, I run into a bump. Uh, yeah, I haven't. I haven't run into uh, any No Dunks fans. Uh, anybody I know in particular, you know, a few strange looks here and there, like what's this dad doing? What's that dad doing? But that's about it. <laughs> okay. And uh, Trey, how was your weekend? You get up to anything? You go fishing, or you just watch a lot of TV with all this basketball? Maybe some WrestleMania? What'd you do? Uh, my dad and stepmom are in town, so we watched basketball for six hours straight on Saturday night. <laughs> True sicko mode with Steve Kirby telling me about how rebounds aren't that big of a deal. It just means the team is missing a lot of shots. An overrated stat, he told me. I said, you're sleeping outside, Dad. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Get in the some, hammock, old you man. You had some beef about the big beef. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. A little beef beef. Uh, but it was nice to see. Uh, we did see a Final Four big beef. Big beef Baycott. Uh, Andrew, I'm sure you're going to bring up Jalen Hordes' 20-rebound game yeah. at some point for uh, another weirdo game over the weekend. Um so, yeah, you know, dad in town, just talk and smack to him at any possible opportunity. <laughs> and Andrew, did you get up to anything? 
Oh, working in the yard, jumping on the trampoline with my kids. Hey. Wow. Yeah. No, no injury. You do any flips? Good. Yeah. Uh, no, but my seven-year-old's working on a pretty sick front flip right now. There we go. Oh, nice. All right. Well, uh, good luck. Uh, before we get into the winners and losers of the NBA weekend, we did have a wedgie, guys, and you can roll it here, Andrew. Uh, Friday night, it was the Magic's Rosdakis from the corner, sticking it pretty deep. Uh, in their nice, uh, that's a good one. Nice, great shot of it there. Uh, the broadcast, yeah, good stuff. This was the Raptors' uh, Magic game again on Friday night. So look, our thirty-fourth wedgie of the season. I checked wedgie tracker. We're on pace for thirty-eight. Tass, you said it what? might be one of the worst years ever. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Yeah. What What is the lowest uh, wedgie total we've had since tracking? Do we know? Is it f- like 42? Is that is it? I think it's been over 40, at least, yeah, for every yeah. season. I'd have to dip uh, we've back had a into 40. the computer. We've had we a had 40. 40. We had one 40. 2017, okay. 2018, wow. which is a full season. So uh, just a terrible year. Yeah, well, we do count the playoffs, so it's, I mean, we could still uh, eclipse that. Maybe we get another one here in the regular season, though we're running out of time with that, too. There's like yeah. a week of basketball left until we get into the uh, to the play-in games and then eventually the playoffs. But we do I count do, them in the playoffs. I, do forget, I, do, I did forget that Wedgie took place in Orlando. That's what everyone was talking about here at Disney. Did you see that Wedgie? That oh, lefty? Oh, was going Brasdakis? around the park, was it? Nice. What a name. Ignis <laughs> Brasdakis. You see that guy? Yeah. <laughs> Swedge it in there. Well, they've got this is the season for names. Isaiah Livers, <laughs> Ignis Bresdakis, just great names out there. Jalen Horde, who they're yeah. everywhere. Horde on the boards, I love it. Okay, I think that's why Delano Banton was not uh, very impressed. Did you see his look at the yeah wedgie? in the background there? Yeah, not impressed. I mean, not impressed I think he wedgie. knows that it's not been a great season for wedgies. Right. In all honesty, like, <laughs> doing made, the math, yeah. mental math. He's like, oh, we're just on pace for thirty-eight, even with that one. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Trey, why don't you get us started here, though? Winners of the NBA weekend. Later on in the show, we'll get to losers. We've got Tweet of the Night and all that. But what do you got, TK? Well, Giannis had a pretty good week last week. Back-to-back 40-point games, made huge clutch plays against Eastern Conference contenders as a certified Giannis guy. I was feeling pretty good. Thought he might pull away for the MVP here at the end of the season. Not so fast, my friend. Huge weekends for both Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. Two games for both of them. Here's what they averaged over the weekend. Jokic went for 38 points a game, 18 and a half rebounds a game, seven assists on 67% shooting. Embiid, weak weekend for him, 36 and a half points per game, 15 and a half rebounds per game, four and a half assists, 57% shooting. And he probably has an even bigger game uh, if he plays a whole bunch more minutes on, on their Friday win. But the most important stat to me for both of these players wins. The Nuggets went one and one over the weekend. They lost to Minnesota on Friday. That's a tough one, but they beat the Lakers yesterday. Nuggets have been playing 500 basketball for the past couple of weeks here, which is not great for Jokic's MVP case, considering we're all going to be looking at that wins number just as much as, you know, these incredible stat lines they're putting together. So any win helps uh, Jokic's case for sure. Plus Utah right now is definitely struggling. We'll get to them a little bit later. Denver now up to fifth in the Western Conference. A comfortable fifth looks a lot better than barely sixth, I think, when it comes <laughs> down to voting. Because uh, it seems kind of unlikely that Denver can get all the way up to home court advantage at this point. But still one fewer win for the Nuggets than for the Sixers. Sixers went 2-0 this weekend. Their wins were against the Hornets and Cavs, a couple of teams they should beat. But with the Bucks going 0-2, Philadelphia now up to third in the Eastern Conference. Tied with Milwaukee and 
Philadelphia has the tiebreaker. So they've got the stats. They got the wins. Who had the highlights? I'm leaning Embiid for this weekend. He had five blocks against the Cavs, and I think they were all comical blocks, like smashing it off the backboard or his head is at the rim. He also had this really slick touch pass to James Harden. Got James Harden his first basket of the game uh, against the Cavs there. So stats, wins, highlights. These two had it all. We still got an MVP race. It's going down to the last week of the season, which is this week. Season ends on Sunday. That's enough time for a few more 40-point games from these guys. And Bede says, I don't know what else I have to do to win MVP at this point. <laughs> After putting up 44, he's like, I've played a ton of games. I play defense. Our team is winning. I score a bunch of points. Maybe people just hate Philadelphia. I think it's more the fact that there are just three legitimate MVP cases right now. Nobody seems to be slowing down. You just get to be the man for one week at a time. It was Giannis last week. It was both of these guys, Jokic and Embiid, over the weekend. We shall see who is the final boss here during the last week of the season because that might honestly determine it. Like if Embiid scores 50 points a game for the rest of this week, maybe he wins MVP. If Jokic goes for a triple-double every single night, maybe he wins MVP. Seemed like it could have been Giannis as of Friday and then as of Monday morning, all three in the mix. Yeah, what do you think, Tass? Uh, Is Trey right here? This is still, first off, undecided and it could come down to these final couple of games if if there are some monster, monster performances, maybe in some nationally televised games for one of these guys to steal it from the other? Or do you think it's still maybe Jokic's to lose? Because he is the favorite, according to Vegas. I still think it's undecided for a lot of voters. They're taking into account this last week. And, and I think uh, Joel Embiid should thank James Harden for not really doing all that much since he's been there. I mean, he's, you know, he's sort of up and down, and that's allowing J- uh, Joel Embiid to continue to dominate uh, numbers wise and stay in, you know, the, that heated race, whether you put him at one, two or three. I thought James Harden would take away some of Joel Embiid's numbers. And I think deep down, Joel Embiid would like that. Uh, I know Embiid wants to be MVP, but James Harden uh, is there to be his Jimmy Butler V2 since Jimmy Butler left. I think he would like him to take some of the uh, burden off of him, but he's letting Joel do his thing. And I, I agree with Trey that the, the place where where Jokic finishes in the standings is pretty important, even though they've got 47 wins and the Philadelphia 76ers have 48 wins and the Bucks have 48 wins. That 48 wins for both those teams looks a lot better being at the top of the conference, you know, being 3-4 right now. They could still finish up uh, to two, but the Nuggets look like they're they're in fifth. Uh, they're they're very unlikely to make home court. So even though it really it doesn't matter whatsoever uh, that the other guys have one more win, uh, uh, I think that's going to hurt Jokic in some voters' standings uh, or, or the way some voters look at it. But I would take Jokic if if it was me. But I'm sure everybody's waiting for this last week, and that's why it's such a damn good race. Yeah. It could be the closest MVP finish we have in like 15 years if if it is sort of the first place votes, at least when it comes to MVP, are split somewhat evenly. Maybe they're not. Maybe Jokic gets still, I don't know, 65 to 70% of them. But right now, it feels like any three of these guys could get a hell of a chunk of the first place votes. Uh, and maybe it will come down to what happens here in the final week. Um, I sort of hope what you're saying, Tass, isn't true, though. I mean, literally, they have the same record. <laughs> these te- these guys on all three of these teams with their amazing numbers. And Jokic, I think we would all agree has less to obviously play with in the sense like he's missing his key guys all season long and they're still there. But we're talking like one or two losses here. Like it's not, it's not a 10 game gap. It's not like 
a team running away with the first number one seed in the East, like the, the Suns are doing in the West. Like, it's just like that, that to me should almost be removed off the table. But I, I will agree with you. I could see voters like just saying, well, they just got in. They just avoided the play and I have to knock them for that. That seems silly to me, Trey, because again, like the Bucks and Sixers are not, they're not 15 games better than the Nuggets. Not even close. Yeah, but I mean, you're splitting hairs at this point, really. And to me, uh, I understand the argument that Jokic has had less to play with this year, but that's more about the team than it is about Jokic when it comes down to it. It's like, you know, Brooke Lopez was missing for the entire season. Ben Simmons was out for the first two thirds of the season. There are, you can make the same sort of uh, narrative case for any one of these guys, just like you're going to be able to make the same basic standings case for kind of all of them. Cause like Tass is saying, we're all right around the same number of wins. So, so I don't know, playing your best at the end of the season certainly matters. People are going to include everything uh, when they're making their choices here at the end, because that's what you're supposed to do, you know? Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's certainly going to be a factor. I, I'm kind of with you skeets that uh, maybe it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but it is. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What it, to do. it is we'll interesting see. that uh, Aaron Gordon with uh, the Nuggets is, kind of just cast aside as a, another guy, I guess because he should be his number four or the number four guy on the Nuggets. I mean, the Sixers came into the season with Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris as their number, as his number two. Is that any different than Jokic and Tobias Harris, or Jokic and Aaron Gordon, I should say? I don't think it's all that different. I know. Come uh, on, Joel Murray was scoring like 50 points in the playoff games, you know, like you're yeah, losing But he's him. not That's, there. Yeah, I'm saying he's not there yeah. this season. Ben Simmons isn't there this season. And and so why is it any different? I picked Jokic at the beginning of the year. I thought yeah. he would be the guy, but but I do think their number twos are for the majority of the season on a very very similar level. And it, it is it's just historical. Uh, the the guys that you know finish you know five six seven or it's, I'm sorry the teams that finish five six seven eight don't bring home the MVP unless you're Russell Westbrook. This isn't baseball. This isn't a rod. It just doesn't happen uh, all that often. So. It hurts that uh, he is going to finish without home court advantage, even though it absolutely shouldn't. And he would he would still be my pick. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, the people will say, well, he should have just got up there in the top four. You know, look at what Luca has. <laughs> Luca's in the top four. Who does he have to support him? Who, who is his second best player? Right. And so, you know, you can go on and on. It is splitting hairs, as, as Trey said. It's a fun splitting hairs. I like that this MVP race, Trey, correct me if I'm wrong, feels like an F1 race. Because I'm just as invested in, like, the top of the 1-2-3 MVP race as I am in, like, who's going to finish 4th, 5th, 6th in this MVP race? I can't believe I care, but I think there's, like, something fun about, like, where does Booker end? Where does Luca end? Where does Tatum end? It's similar to an F1 race yeah, and, and the no of breaks. The rest. Yeah, yeah. I guess the difference is there's never three teams competing for the actual number one spot True. there, so... Uh, yeah, but uh, I mean, I would th have to think that Luca moved into a solid number four over the weekend with the way he took apart the Bucks yesterday. I mean, yeah. statement games certainly matter. Like people want to say it's for an entire season. It is, you know, uh, every game matters the same. Game four matters the same as game 78. It doesn't. I mean, it's impossible to, you know, we definitely remember the things that happened in the first half of the season, but playing your best at the end of the season, playing your best in the second half of the season. It matters more. Showing up yeah. in a game against the Bucs after we just saw Giannis take down Kevin Durant and Joel Embiid in consecutive games last week to see Luka dancing on Giannis, stepping back and hitting a three, that puts him at a number four spot. So I'm with you, Skeets. The four spot on the ballot is hotly contested right yeah. now. 
And every game matters at this point. Yeah, I can't. I mean, Luca. look, you're right, has a case at that fourth spot. So does Booker, of course, being the best player uh, for a majority of the season on the best team uh, by far in the league. So, uh, I mean, Tatum might get some uh, some votes there, too. We'll see. Uh, Tass, let's keep it going, though. Uh, we'll be talking about the MVP race, I'm sure, uh, all week long here. Uh, but what do you have for uh, winner of the weekend? Well, the number one team in the Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat, is playing like the number one team. This is good for all of us that the Heat are getting it together because they had lost four in a row, but now they've won four in a row. They're they're cooking. Uh, They look like that Heat team that just found their groove in the bubble where they're cutting all over the place, ball movement, uh, player movement, and shooting. It looks like they're ready for the playoffs because they went into Toronto on Kyle Lowry Day and dismantled the Toronto Raptors without Jimmy Butler. No Jimmy in this game and... Uh, They just feel like they're ready for the playoffs because part of the playoffs is just finding your rotations and especially a team that's got to do it by committee. There's no superstar to take over. And Max Struess has cemented himself in the starting lineup. And I think that's really, really helped as the shooting guard over Duncan Robinson. He had seven big threes uh, leading the team with 23 points on Sunday against the Raps. And I think he is this year's Duncan Robinson. You just need a guy when you're doing it by a committee uh, to attract the defense when there's not a lot of three-point shooting on the team. Jimmy doesn't want to do it. Obviously, Bam doesn't do it. Tucker will do it from the corners, and Kyle will do it at times. But their starting lineup doesn't have a lot, and I think uh, they're going to hunt shots for him at the beginning of the games like they did uh, with Duncan Robinson in the bubble. And, you know, he's he's that guy. He's like he's kind of like a Duncan Robinson light, an undrafted player. Uh, he's only started 14 games in his career, but I think he'll be big in the postseason. And then Victor Oladipo off the bench was big against Toronto. Six threes and a huge dunk uh, looking like a, a version of Victor Oladipo we haven't seen in a long time. Not quite the best Victor Oladipo we've seen, but he looked uh, real, real good. So this Heat team needs everybody to contribute. They found a way to get uh, the shooting guard spot going by taking Duncan Robinson off, putting Max Struess in there. And uh, I think everybody who loves basketball should be excited because the Eastern Conference has one of their uh, the hotter teams at the top. You know, to go along with Philadelphia and Milwaukee, it's good to see the Heat at this point uh, because I think they've got the best Giannis Antetokounmpo defense in the East. I think they could match up with Joel Embiid pretty good uh, with uh, Bam Adebayo at the center spot. So this is a team that can win and starting to look like that uh, that 2020 bubble team where everything came together is is what they need and it sure looks that way yeah miami 114 109 like you said on lowry day what do you think of the festivities uh there tass and uh you know the standing ovation he got and all the video packages that i'm sure you saw and him out there with his sons um and you know just even like i guess the press conference dressed in dressed in purple there and he had his uh, championship ring on um i thought it was well handled by the organization of course and the fans and then lowry getting the victory in the end over van vliet it was a special day for Kyle Lowry. You knew that coming into the press conference and showing you here on the stream team. <laughs> I mean, to be all bedazzled the way Kyle Lowry was, he doesn't show up like this usually. He's got the, the specs going, the huge ring. He's got the bracelets like he's Trey Kirby. Uh, he's got the watch. I mean, he's blinked. Uh, you don't see Kyle Lowry do this. I don't think he's the type of guy to wear sunglasses indoors. He did take him <laughs> off uh, for the press conference, but uh, yeah, he looked he looked snazzy. So this was a special special day for him. He said post game that it was one of the most emotional days of his life. Uh, yeah, he uh, he really embraced it. He loved it, and and the guys, uh, I think they won that game for him. Really, 
<laughs> it was uh, pretty crazy. Him and uh, Van Vliet had like 17 points in the first quarter. I was joking it was like a WrestleMania event there, uh, the two of them, because Lowry actually got off to a decent start too. And, you know, then he was just setting up guys. And like you said, Struess and Oladipo hitting all these threes. But um, yeah, Trey Kirby, man, Lowry is just beloved by this Raptors franchise. And rightfully so. I mean, you're talking to one of the biggest Lowry fans there is. But uh, oh, man. I, was, uh, I was tearing up. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was really cool. I like that uh, his tribute video had a charge montage in it, yep, which included yep. him taking a charge in the All-Star game. One of the most <laughs> hilarious Kyle Lowry moments out there. And it included uh, the time he tried to go through George Hill's legs, not dribbling, his actual human body. Yep. Uh, so for me, <laughs> one of the greatest video tributes of all time. Uh, I don't know that I've watched every single one of every player that comes back. But all-time great Raptors don't always get the greatest applause when they return to Toronto. This was obviously way different, and they smashed it. So, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. A little different than uh, Vince's first game, uh, Tass, uh, mm. <laughs> when he came back to Toronto, from what I can remember. Uh, and I wonder, like, will this continue every Lowry game? Here on out, like obviously not the video tributes and stuff like that, but like just the the warm uh, you know reception from the crowd. I, I I think so, and he has said he wants to retire a Raptor too. He's on record saying that. Now is that the is that the one day Paul Pierce sort of like going back to the Celtics thing, or is that you know actually finishing out his career as like maybe in a you know looking far ahead, but like a Haslam type role where he's almost like a coach, but he's on the bench. Well, we'll see, but I I assume that does happen because he. The guy loves Toronto just as much as Toronto loves him. That's damn sure. Yeah, Toronto, like a lot of cities, likes their uh, their lunch pail guys. And it was just fitting that Kyle Lowry took a charge with uh, a minute 40 left on Pascal Siakam. And they yeah. they went and, and there was a video review on a Kyle Lowry cha- charge. It was just beautiful. I think uh, schedulers would do a... A favor to everybody in the league, including Kyle Lowry and the Raptors, uh, if you know, as he plays out this contract with Miami to schedule his return every April 3rd, because it's official Kyle Lowry Day. It's officially Kyle Lowry Day in Toronto. The mayor anointed it so he, as he was going uh, back to the locker room, he had this little, uh, this little framed note, uh, <laughs> the official note from Toronto. Uh, from Mayor John Tory that it's officially Kyle Lowry Day every April third. So that's, that'd be nice. Get a little little <laughs> parade April in there 3rd. every April. Do you, 3rd. Uh, so he didn't get. I didn't see it. You don't get the key to the city on on just being named Kyle Lowry Day. It's yeah. that's a different thing, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I wasn't, maybe he already has it. For all I know, it's possible. Kawhi uh, yeah, gets the key. Just kidding. Oh, he doesn't oh. get anything. Uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty cool. Um, again, the, the the video was great. I thought like even like to give a little love to like the Sportsnet crew too. I was watching like pregame and they had a bunch of stuff too. Elvin Williams was doing the voiceover for that, and it was it was pretty slick. It was really well done. Uh, so the Heat get uh, a winner of the weekend from Task because they are rolling, especially after they have the incident with Butler and Spolstra and Haslam, and then we're like ah no big deal, don't worry about it. Then they lose a bunch of games. Everyone's like uh oh, was that a big deal? But then, uh, yeah, they've turned it around here and uh, are at least playing pretty good basketball as they head into the uh, postseason. Spolster didn't make that trip to Toronto uh, as well because um, I believe he was in uh, health and safety protocol. So he wasn't there. So way to go, medicine man, Chris Quinn, getting the W. I think Lowry got him the game ball. That's what I read from Eric Kareen on The Athletic today. There you go. Uh, winner of the weekend for me, Trey Young. The Hawks, in general. But the Hawks won their most important game uh, of their season. 122-115 on Saturday night down at the Fortress. They beat the Brooklyn Nets. That's huge, obviously, in terms of the seedings and the play-in. Uh, gives Atlanta sole possession of eighth place. 
Nets have dropped a 10th. Um, but this was Trey Young doing some pretty special things. I, I know we debated uh, and we were a little conflicted, uh, all of us here. And, and, you know, if we include Lee on Friday's Drop Podcast, we were making our All-NBA teams. Does Trey Young warrant a spot on one of the All-NBA squads? We were sort of split on that. And uh, I'm happy I had him in there after this one because he had 36, 10, and 6. And that's like not even that spectacular for him. But he just took over late. He sort of buried the nets. He hit a go-to floater there on back-to-back offensive possessions late, put the Hawks up 5, you know, with about a minute to go. And then he capped it off with, I'm sure you guys saw this, just a, a devastating three over Patty Mills. And then just... Just, I mean, I think he he changed his little his little ice tray shimmy on this yeah, one a he little did. bit. He, yeah, he tweaked it a little bit. It was a huge three. Like I said, he hit these huge shots down the stretch. Durant had 55 in this game. Uh, Kyrie had a bad one. Took a lot of shots to get to his points. But Trey Young, man, I, I think he really is deserving of one of these All-NBA positions. Uh, you know, at least get him on the All-NBA third team. Because he's been one of the best guards in the league. Um, even if his team, the Hawks, who do have a winning record, have sort of disappointed because, you know, they go so far last year and then they come in with all these expectations and they got off to a bad, bad start. But yeah, TK, I don't know if you uh, saw the other Trey doing some things here in Atlanta. I thought he was pretty special. Yeah, that was a strange shimmy. Very weird. Yeah. I don't think I've yeah. ever seen that before. He kind of looked like, move your body like a snake, ma. <laughs> Wiggling back and forth. And then he remembered, oh, yeah, I actually have my own signature celebration. I should go into mm-hmm. that as well. Uh, Trey Young, his all-NBA case is going to come down to whether or not DeMar DeRozan is a guard or a forward. That's basically it. Because DeRozan is certainly ahead of him. Uh, and I don't know, we were all going through our teams and it's like, there are some, there's a bunch of really good guards. The forward spot is a little bit more up in the air this year. You know, Kawhi didn't play, uh, Paul George was out for a huge chunk of the season. So there are certainly some spots there. DeRozan was a guard during the all-star break, but he could easily go to a forward to make some room. Cause I do think that Trey Young has probably, I don't know. This is a tough call. It's going to be between, uh, him and Donovan Mitchell, assuming that DeRozan goes to forward. The Jazz are falling apart right now where the Hawks are kind of playing their best basketball of the season. They're going to yeah. at least finish at 500, maybe better than 500 ahead of the Nets, which, you know, I guess is certainly something at least. Uh, so maybe the Hawks have had a disappointing season on the whole, but they've been better in the second half of the year. And Trey Young is going to be a top five guy in total points and total assists for the year. He definitely has a good case. He does a ton for that Hawks team. It's just going to come down to how other players are voted, kind of, I do believe, because he's right there. At the very least, he's going to be on your all-NBA fourth team, I know, for sure. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And I, and I think, Tass, you had him with me there on uh, on our, actually, all-NBA teams, because we had DeRozan as a forward. You can get a little crafty there. And I think, uh, you know, people will likely have Curry in as one of those guard spots. Of course, Luca Booker. Chris Paul, I'm, I'm always, like, confused of what the voters do with Chris Paul. I had him in. I think a lot of you guys did, too. Would I be shocked if people leave him off? I guess not. I, I don't know. Um, but we'll see. Anyway, anything to add to the, again, which was probably one of the better wins for the Hawks this season, Tass, there on Saturday night? Um, I do not like watching the Nets uh, when they decide to not play defense whatsoever. Now, they had an excuse that Bruce Brown was out and a couple of their other guards were out, not necessarily their defensive guards, but Seth and, and Dragic, and they gave up 49 free throws. Uh, to a Hawks team, 49 free throws, uh, not going to win a basketball game when that happens. And uh, they just, yeah, float in and out of giving effort. Now, they could still finish uh, way up there in the play-in tournament standings. I'm showing you here the play-in tournament standings plus 
the games remaining here. I stole it from, uh, I think, Chris Kirshner's, Chris Kirshner's article on The Athletic, somewhere on The Athletic anyways. Yeah, and the Nets have uh, the easiest of skeds remaining, so they could pop up uh, into uh, eighth, even above the Hawks. We shall see. Uh, but if they're going to play that way, uh, then they're going to get bounced in the play-in tournament. They obviously have all the freaking talent in the world uh, with uh, Mr. Kevin Durant dropping uh, 50 plus point game this weekend. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, but you can't lose games like that. Well, yeah, you see, you saw there in their schedule, they play the Rockets, the Knicks, and they play the Pacers. I mean, three of their four games. It's just up to them. If they want to play defense, they'll win those games. But those other guys, those other teams, you know, with Jalen Green firing away and the Knicks playing all their young guys and the Pacers with Halliburton and stuff, like, they're going to be like, hey, can we just play pickup ball here and just see who can score more? And it's like, they could win those games. Like, the Nets, man... Their defense is non-existent. Um, so it's not a given that they get up there is, I guess, what I'm getting at here, mm-hmm. especially when you get into the tiebreaker situations, which don't favor them in a lot of those. So, yeah, that was a big, big Hawks win there, at least to have maybe the, ch- the chance to lose one of the first games, Trey, or not, to get in there as a seventh seed possibly, and then have another uh, go at it there, taking on the winner of 9-10. Yeah, I mean, the Nets don't play defense, but the Hawks really don't play defense either. So it's going to come down to, can you score a whole bunch of points in these playoff games? You would rather have two chances at it than one chance, uh, which the Hawks should probably have. And hey, getting 41 wins is nice for the overall season, right? To get to a 500 record, it looks at least a little bit more impressive. My only other thing from this game, I read so many recaps that kept mentioning Danilo Gallinari getting like a ceremonial glass of wine for having a really good game off the bench in this one, but I can't find a picture of him like Mm. having this glass of wine. So if you see it, please tweet it to me. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I read about it. I thought it was in the locker room from Nate. but Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, like poured him a glass or something? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Because uh, because they feel good about their bench. Like they, they have been... So bad uh, finding finding their rotation. And if they have any semblance of a bench like they did last year in the postseason, then, yeah, this team can uh, this team can do something. But they have not had that whatsoever. DeLon Wright was great off the bench. Gallinari is uh, their their matchup master. If somebody switches on him just to shoot over top of them. And so I guess Nate was really pumped that him and Anyek and Kongu and Lou Williams were, were we're firing away and just playing well so much so that he's got to get them a glass of wine. Just one glass of wine, though. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was for it. the bench, but that's weird, yeah. Uh, one glass for the entire uh, bench to share. That's <laughs> yeah. really uh, Like communion there. at church, you got to pass bottle. it on? Yeah. It's a chalice, man. <laughs> um, all right, I know we got some uh, other winners here, Tass. Uh, who else you got on your list? Well, I think the Golden State Warriors, they, they got to feel good. They had lost four in a row going into an important game Saturday against the Jazz. And... They sit at third in the West, and going into this game, it looked like they could drop even into the bottom half of the bracket where they wouldn't have home court advantage because they had a lot of teams nipping at their heels. And uh, Steph Curry called this game the biggest game of the season. And Mm. even though he was out, uh, he was watching because he knows that they have to bring it all together. And Clay Thompson told assistant coach Kenny Atkinson he was going to have a big night, but it sure didn't look that way. They're down 16 in the fourth with seven minutes left. And then we got a Warriors-like explosion. You know when they can go on those 15-0 runs, and we got one. They hit four straight threes on four consecutive possessions, and for them, it's got to feel good that most of it was Clay. He hit one uh, on the right wing, and then Wiggins walked into one, and then Clay was feeling so good that he hit one 
sort of leaning to his left. It was just a real, real tough clay shot. And then clay from the top. So four consecutive possessions. Then after a couple more possessions, clay hit another three and then Jordan Poole added a three. So it was an 18 0 run and they finished off the jazz. And it just could be one of those moments uh, where, you know, it could, it could be a turning point for them because yeah, they had lost four in a row. They don't know where the rotations are coming. And uh, there was a huge, huge hug uh, from Clay and Jordan Poole at the end of this game because Jordan Poole has uh, solidified himself as a guy who's going to end games. So he is he has come up and, and has been a star for the team. He had 31 in this game against the Jazz. He's got a 17 game streak of 20 or more points. That's yeah. phenomenal uh, for that dude. So, yeah, we've been talking about them. Where What is their rotation? We don't really, really know, but. I think we know their end of game rotation is going to include Curry when he comes back, uh, Clay and Jordan Poole, and then one of either Otto Porter or Andrew Wiggins at the four with Draymond Green at the five. And Draymond Green is feeling good enough that he played in a back-to-back on Sunday night and uh, the, the Warriors crushed the Kings. So it looks like the Warriors, after those two wins, will have home court and, you know, sort of looking like themselves a little bit more. And they're sitting at third in the West. They could drop to fourth because the Mavericks are nipping at that their heels. But uh, third means they wouldn't face the Suns until the conference finals if, yeah. they were to, if they were to win two straight rounds. And because Steph isn't playing right now, Steph needs as many reps as possible before facing the favorite Phoenix Suns. So I think two rounds, if they are able to get through a couple teams, would be beneficial for Steph uh, and the entire team, because you hear Draymond saying, I need reps, I need reps, and he's come back, and Steph is still uh, not able uh, to be on the court. And and being at home, I think, will just help Steph as well. Less travel for him, too, as he gets going here uh, in the final week. He'll be uh, ramping up. And uh, not only get this week, but then the playoffs for these guys don't start until next Saturday while the play-in tournament goes on. So uh, a good weekend, a feel-good moment. That big hug was nice. Uh, and, and that that clay-like explosion. Because it was like like old clay uh, to see him hit you know, four threes in a matter of a, a couple minutes. That, that was Warriors-like um, for, for Steve Kerr and for everybody involved. Yeah, this was a, a big victory, like you said there, and we're throwing this up here for everybody on YouTube, but the playoff picture as of today, Warriors holding on to third, and you said it to us, like, I mean, you, you want to be fourth over fifth, of course, to have home court advantage in the first round, but you really don't want to be fourth if you have plans to go very, very far, because, yeah, I wouldn't want to take on the uh, Suns uh, in the second second round if you make it there, so keeping keeping that second, like the Grizzlies, or third seed, uh, you're liking your chances to get to a conference finals a lot more. So huge, huge victory, and you see uh, everything else going on in the uh, both conferences there with the Raptors falling to sixth and Celtics up to second. Lots of moving parts here. One team I don't see there. Where's the Los Angeles Lakers? Huh. Hmm. That's weird. They're not there. Hmm. <laughs> no, we'll get to that later. Uh, just a few other winners. I'm just going to chuck them in here. Jalen Green is on fire right now. Hey, he plays for the Rockets, so nobody cares because, you know, they're in the whole tankathon. But he's averaging 29 points per game over his last six, and he's shooting 46% from three on 12 attempts. The guy's on fire right now, so it's nice to see him sort of have, like, this late-season resurgence. I'm very excited to see what he can do. Uh, you know, like, like, he's been compared a lot to Anthony Edwards in his rookie season. Slow start, got it going, and can he continue uh, next year? So shout-out to Jalen Green and the Rockets fans out there. Tyrese Halliburton? In a loss to the Pistons on Sunday, had 19 points, 9 boards, and 17 assists with zero turnovers. Stat Muse, 
says he's the first player with multiple 15 assists and zero turnover games before turning the age of 23 since like the dawn of the three-point era. So that's pretty damn amazing. That many assists with zero turnovers, he's done it a couple times. So Halliburton getting some love there from StatMuse. And then, you know, we slipped it in there, the Mavericks getting a big win over the Bucks. I thought Luka was phenomenal in this game. You know, this is a nationally televised game. He goes for 32, eight boards, 15 assists himself, three steals. His third 30-point, 15-assist game this season, which is many as the rest of the league combined. And he just, he is was just picking apart the Bucks. Like it was, and it's funny, the Mavs, when all the role players are hitting threes set up by Luka, they look unbeatable. And when they have those nights where they're struggling, it's like, ah, can they beat anybody? But this one, you know, Dwight Powell was awesome. Yeah, Dorian Finney-Smith hitting some clutch threes. Uh, and Giannis was like, I'm going on Luka. Give me him. And uh, Luka's just going to like, he's just a surgeon. He just makes, it feels like he makes the right play every single time. It's just whether or not his guys are going to hit shots. Um, so that was a big, big victory there. And uh, Luka just has awesome numbers against Milwaukee in general. In his six games, he's averaged 27-11-9 and nine with three triple doubles playing Milwaukee. Obviously not playing them a whole lot because they only meet up you know, at most twice a year, but incredible stuff there, Taz. Yeah, he's a big game player. He's one of those guys, you know, when uh, when the lights are on, he wants to play. So they were going at Giannis. He loved it. Even when mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Bucks were setting a screen for him, I'm sorry, the uh, Mavs were setting a screen for him. He, they wanted Giannis's guy. And, and mm-hmm. that helped pull Giannis away from the rim. And that helped Luca just, yeah, dissect everybody. That was, uh, I was odd to see the Bucks. Uh, you know, crumble like that defensively. And then they brought in Brooke Lopez to try and uh, stem the tide. Did not happen. There's uh, some some great stuff uh, from uh, David Aldridge on The Athletic about Jason Kidd and how he has made this Mavs team the second best defensive team in the league uh, today. A good article on that. And it was also uh, cool to hear Luca on J.J. Reddick's podcast uh, when J.J. Reddick asked him, what's the first thing you look at when you bring the ball up? And Luca first said, uh, uh, you're making me give away my secrets. But then he told him, I mean, I'm looking under the rim to see where the help is, to see what's happening, you know, beyond my first, the first defender, because I'm, hmm. I'm eating that guy. Uh, so <laughs> it's, uh, he's, yeah, that's, that's something that Steve Nash has said before as well. He's always looking at that second line of the defense to see where he's going to pick apart the defense. And it was just odd seeing the Bucks picked apart like that. But Luca, Luca can't do that. So I can't wait for him in the postseason. This team is, uh, this team is quietly, you guys said that Luca's in the race for the fourth spot for MVP. It's totally true. I didn't know there was a race for the fourth spot, but uh, yep. it's a race. I mean, he is, he is quietly brought this team into home court uh, contention, which is, yeah, obviously meeting expectations and beyond for the Mavs this season. Yeah, they got to win a playoff series. That's definitely what yes. their goal, I would assume, yes. is. Um, also, I would have given the Mavericks, like, overall a winner of the weekend, but. I think they lost to the Wizards there on uh, was that Friday night? They just got hammered yeah. in Washington. Revenge game, yeah, exactly. So we'll just give the love to Luca there in that performance. Uh, and Dwight Powell played really great against plays get, plays against the good teams. Don't need to yeah, beat those right. stinky teams. Uh, whoa! Speaking of stinky teams, let's take our first break, and then we'll get to our losers of the <laughs> NBA weekend. Tessie. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, speaking of looks and fashion and all that, stick around for Tweet of the Night. We speaking got a of real looks. good one. Yeah. Speaking of chub rub, I've got a great ad read coming up in the second half here. Excellent. <laughs> We're Excellent. pitching to our second half yeah. job. Yeah. Uh, uh, come cool. on. Chub rub is such a good, it's too good it's of a phrase, good. man. Yeah. I got that from all the ladies I know in my life. <laughs> Huh. It's a lady. It's a lady term. I don't. Th- I've never heard a man say chub. <laughs> chub <Chubbrub. laughs> I'm in. I'm saying it all the time. Isn't there, a, isn't there a? I guess he played for the Georgia Bulldogs. Maybe he's in the NFL now. Isn't there a chub? Oh, Nick, Nick Chubrub. Nick Chubb, Yeah. <laughs> is he still? Uh, still uh, I think he's a gridiron? Cleveland Brown. Is he? Perhaps, okay. Yeah. Good. Nice to see him in the league. Uh, go dogs, except not. Go okay. Dogs. Um, losers of the NBA weekend. Man, we have a. Uh, Sometimes it's difficult tasks, I think, when we get here on Monday. Like, okay, the winners, they pop out at us. Like, okay, that guy, that guy, oh, that stat, oh, that team. Losers can be difficult. I didn't think it was that difficult uh, after this weekend because there's some uh, pretty brutal teams and their performances. So why don't you get us started? Yeah, well, the Lakers are obviously a loser. Here's the good news. I think this might be the last time we talk about them <laughs> until LeBron wins the scoring title. But otherwise, as a team, I think we can finally stick a fork in them because they lost to the Pelicans on Friday with AD and LeBron. And then Sunday, LeBron out with a sore ankle. They lost to the Nuggets. So they are now entrenched in 11th in the Western Conference play out picture. They're in the lottery. Uh, the Spurs are up two games on them, a full two games, but it's essentially three because of the tie break. So getting into the numbers, they each only have four games left. The Spurs magic number is two. The Lakers get is so tough. So the only scenarios where the Lakers make it, the Lakers would have to go three and one with the Spurs going 0 and four or the Lakers going four and 0 with the Spurs going one and three. And that ain't happening. (laughs) Uh, So it's over. It is over. I am. I'm shocked because I figured just the way uh, the, the Western conference standings were going the fact that they were probably one of the 10 best teams uh that's what i thought anyway uh it didn't happen obviously the spurs have overtaken them and anthony davis thought the same that they could just cruise in there uh but his comments kind of irritated me after the game because he said it's kind of it's kind of an odd way to say it but he said quote what could we have been if i was healthy all year lebron kendrick nunn you think about those things when we put this team together, we looked really good on paper, but we haven't had a chance to reach that potential with guys being in and out of the lineup, end quote. Yeah, the Lakers have only had James, AD, and Westbrook available together for 21 games this season. They're 11-10 and 10 in those games, but hello, 
you share a building with the Los Angeles Clippers who haven't had their best player all season, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for the majority of the season. And they just clinched the eighth seed uh, in the Western Conference play in picture. So good riddance. Uh, you know, I, I believed uh, for a while that this team could, you know, get their guys back healthy and fight in a play in tournament game at the very least. But it's, it's kind of like, what they did last year with the Phoenix Suns, but you know, to a sadder degree, they were limping into the postseason. LeBron and AD weren't healthy. They got in, they played the Suns, and they got beat. Uh, and AD said this season, while he was hurt, you know, if I was healthy, we could have taken care of the Suns. Go ask them. Go ask them if that would be the case. Well, uh, he obviously kind of got back healthy now, but uh, they couldn't even get into the uh, play-in tournament. So I just don't like the excuses. Uh, you know, just, just eat it for one day. Uh, they've lost six in a row. It's over. It's over, ladies and gentlemen, because they got the Nuggets again. They've got uh, the Warriors. They've got a really tough sched, so it's not going to happen. So that's it for the Lakers, Trey. You, you agree this might be the last time we actually talk about them as a team at least? <laughs> oh, good point. Uh, good point. As a team, because LeBron still needs to play two games to win the scoring yeah. title. So I assume he'll get a couple of games in there because he's been he's been scoring a lot of points when he plays, which is mm-hmm. which is cool. But I really agree with Ryan here in the stream team who says, did he actually say yeah. Kendrick Nunn? Like That's that would have that would have been the difference. If Kendrick Nunn was healthy this year, the Lakers would have been uh play-in team like that maybe yeah maybe they would have actually finished in the top 10 but uh embarrassing stuff for me my greatest prediction of the season is going to be from our very last preview show i picked the lakers to win the western conference finals but then one of the questions we have would you like to change any of your predictions i was like i gotta go with the warriors something's just weird with the lakers it seems like they might have to start wayne ellington and it was like awesome when they could start late wayne ellington they just got a terrible team Terribly put together. And when they're healthy, they're not even good. Like you said, Tass, 21 games with their big three healthy and they're 11 and 10. At least that's a play-in team. But the Lakers aren't trying to finish 500. Um, So a disappointing season. We've got another week of the Lakers. And I think that that's (laughs) going to be enough. Because if you follow Lakers fans on Twitter, they're like, get this team off my screen. (laughs) You know, like I saw our buddy Dan Bailey's like, I'm so glad that I'm going to be overseas for the next week. So I don't have to watch the last four games. Uh, It's just a disaster. You know, they can't beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They're worse than the Trailblazers since they started tanking. Shout out to Tom Ziller for that one. Um, The only way the Lakers keep losing these games is if they want to lose them, really. Like, there's no other explanation for that. They do not want to play in the play-in tournament. It's it's good. It's good that their season's almost over. (laughs) Yeah, and it's not like uh, the San Antonio Spurs have gone on this unbelievable run since the All-Star break. Like, winning 75, 80% of their games. My God. It's like they're 500. They might be under 500, if I remember correctly from Ziller's newsletter. They're, like, right there. And it's like... Yeah, the Lakers have just played one of the worst, as one of the worst teams in the league since then. They are playing like a tankathon team. That's the insane part, Tass. Um, and they don't have a pick, too. This is the best part. Like, the Pelicans are going to be getting their pick, it looks like. It could be like top four. It's like a 25% chance or something oh, hilarious. Like, it could be really high. It's not protected at all. Uh, so this could even get worse for them uh, if the ping pong balls fall the way of the Pelicans. But, yeah, that loss on Friday night... Um, to, the, to New Orleans, which was like, really? I mean, that may have been the season right there. They win that, okay, they're probably still alive. But dropping that and then following it up with another one, whew, brutal, brutal. And then that, you're, I'm glad you pointed out that AD and that ridiculous Kendrick Nunn line. Like, come on, man. What if Nunn was healthy? 
Yeah, what if none was healthy? <laughs> what if the game changer, Kendrick Nunn? We could have had Kendrick Nunn. It was like every time the Lakers would go through a bad patch, it was like the biggest joke with Harrison Feigen on Twitter. <laughs> Can't judge this team until Trevor Ariza is healthy. Yeah, Can't yeah. judge this team until we see Wenyan Gabriel out there. Yeah. The point of trading for Westbrook was the, so that when LeBron or AD misses time, somebody slides right in. You've got somebody ready to take up all those minutes. AD and LeBron missed a bunch of time, so you had to play Westbrook a lot. Here's your team. Yeah. So, yeah, it looks like uh, unless a miracle happens, Tass broke it down really uh, perfectly there for us. They basically got to win on out. They got to go 4-0 and and then hope the Spurs drop a couple of these games. But um, unlikely. Unlikely the, the first part that the Lakers would win all four of these games. So that if you've seen the way they've played over the last little bit, crazy, yeah. crazy. Well, game. it wasn't crazy to think that the Lakers – would just sort of fall into the play-in tournament because the San Antonio Spurs are yeah. 33 and 45 and they're 10th in the Western Conference. So yeah. it just felt like the Lakers could you know, be a stone's throw away from 500. You know, could sniff 500, but they're 31 and 47 and uh, so far away from from 500. And I looked into the Kendrick Nunn thing because I'm, I'm a Kendrick Nunn I don't know, sympathizer, believer. I like Hendrick on some degree. Obviously, he's not going to swing a season. Uh, but I, I looked into yeah, their acquisitions, and, and Trey mentioned a bunch of them. Kendrick Nunn was, could have been uh, their biggest offseason free agent acquisition. That's probably what it was. Uh, Malik Monk, I guess, is the other guy beside him. Yeah. But that's what they did. That's what they did. Let's keep it going here and talk about another team that had a brutal weekend. Uh, stop me if you've heard this story before. The Jazz blew a huge lead. <laughs> they collapsed at the end of the game. They started pointing fingers at each other because uh, uh, Tass brought it up when he was talking Warriors. But on Saturday night, the Jazz held a 21-point lead in the first half. Okay. And then, like they had the other night against the Clippers, had a 16-point lead in the fourth quarter. And they blew it. Yeah, the Warriors caught fire. But my God, if you saw this, the mistakes the Jazz were making in this fourth quarter, throwing the ball out of bounds, airballing shots, you know, not looking at their uh, all-NBA guy in the paint there and go bare. I'm sure you guys saw that clip go viral where, you know, he gets a mismatch on Clay, seals him in the restricted area, and gets completely ignored uh, with like 90 seconds to go in a very close game. The The lack of belief between these guys Mitchell and Gobert it's pretty apparent on the court it's pretty apparent off the floor when you hear their comments about what needs to happen when they blew all these games you know one of them saying we got to move the ball more that's Gobert and it's uh, Mitchell saying our defense needs to be better it's like unbelievable and these back-breaking losses now have dropped Utah to sixth in the west they're only a game and a half up on the Wolves who are in seventh I mean it's probably likely that they stay in six and they're actually in the playoffs, but Minnesota could steal that from them. And I said they were the most depressing team in the league a couple weeks ago, and that has not changed at all, Trey. They are it, – it's it's weird because they play well enough to get big leads and then have these just collapses. And when it gets into crunch time, it's not pretty. Yeah, they gave up an 18-0 to run in three minutes. Like, yeah. that's – almost impossible to do unless you're going six for six from three. Um, but yeah, the jazz just look completely broken. And even they say it's the same thing every time. And it definitely feels like that. It feels like Gobert kind of gets hung out to dry defensively. He's the only one who can play any sort of defense. It feels like on the jazz right now. And then offensively, 
he ain't going to get the ball. As the stream team is saying, Donovan Mitchell is allowed to pass to Rudy Gobert two times during a game. So if it happens yes. in the first three quarters, you're, you're in trouble. Uh, but I don't know. I, I feel bad for Gobert at some point because it's going to get blamed on him because Donovan Mitchell is the star there. And Gobert kind of goes out of his way to show his displeasure more. And he looks the worst when he's getting exposed defensively like he did uh, like he has against the Mavericks, like he has against the Warriors when they're playing small ball and Wiggins just dribbles up into a three with nobody guarding him. It looks like it should be Gobert's man, even though he just happens to be the guy closest back, but they're not playing together. And I had to start thinking, like, are they intentionally trying to get down to the seventh scene at this point? Are they playing that poorly that they don't want, they don't want the Mavericks. We know that they don't want to play the Mavericks. Mm -hmm. They don't want to play the Warriors, I don't think, because the Warriors will small ball them as well, especially once Steph comes back. Their best matchup is probably against the Grizzlies because they play big guys. So at least Gobert has somebody to guard because either they're just completely falling apart right now, which is most likely, or they're stealth tanking to try and get into the play-in tournament and play against the two seed and avoid the the Suns until the conference finals. So... I don't know. It's just, um, it feels like this is the end of the jazz to me uh, right now, yeah. unless they're pulling a big brain move here and somehow going to go from play into the conference finals. It, I, I, well, that would be crazy if they are trying to get down to seventh to beat the Clippers in a seven, eight matchup. Don't, and, yeah, uh, I guess they would run into the, the Clippers. That could be bad. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I doubt that's what's happening here because I'm with you. Whoever they play in the playoffs, if they're in or if they're not like they're losing in five games, Tess. Like I, I, I don't see how you could convince me otherwise. Like they'll win one because Mitchell will be special or something like that. But it's the pointing of fingers and just like the vibe of this team is brutal. And it feels like we maybe are watching the last couple of Gobert Mitchell games here. It's, it feels like that. I don't know what jazz fans think. I don't know if they want that even. Um, but if they lose in the first round or it's like not even a fight, then I don't see how they don't move off of one of them, especially with Danny Ainge in there now. They don't want to play together. That's what the body language says. So why go forward with it? Rudy Gobert is an all-star, an all-NBA. He's sealing guys underneath. But yeah, he continues to get overlooked. This isn't just a one-game thing. They don't want to pass to him. <laughs> and I know he is not a bucket. He's not a guy yeah. that they can just throw it to. But he's there. And uh, they're not using him. And in the fourth quarter, it's not just overlooking Rudy Gobert. Uh, they overlooked Mike Conley, who was having a really good game. And, and he just sort of sat and uh, did nothing in the fourth quarter. Donovan Mitchell kind of just took it upon himself to to be the superstar. But yeah, Conley overlooked uh, and Rudy Gobert overlooked. And even, you know, Bogey, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich sort of overlooked. It was... Uh, yeah, bad chemistry there. Very, very bad chemistry. Tony Jones broke it down on the athletic, but uh, even he is saying that there, there, there is no way that this team can go forward together. They get down, they don't fight back. They get up, they give up leads and don't fight back. I mean, there's just they have enough talent to be what they are, uh, but um, they're not anywhere close to their ceiling. So I don't think the playoffs are going to solve that. It's very, very unlikely that they're going to get it together these next four games in the postseason. So, yeah, it sure feels like they want to be broken up. And I don't know who goes, but this team is not playing like a team. Yeah, and I agree with you, Trey, that Gobert generally takes a lot of the criticism, it feels like. But I feel like that needle is moving a little bit more and some more fingers are being pointed. I'm saying like the perception on Twitter or whatever fan bases and stuff are also like, Donovan, what's going on here? Yeah. These shot selections and like you as the leader, you know, quote unquote, of this team is pretty rough. Uh, so it's 
yeah, it's it's coming back a little bit more onto him. And I think rightfully so, too. Um, 37% from the yeah. field, 18% yeah. from three in clutch minutes for Donovan Mitchell this season. And the stream team keeps saying that the Jazz are not an ensemble. That's exactly right. Mitchell yeah. is a soloist, especially in the fourth quarter. He's like, we're going to win this game because of me. And the Jazz run into some problems because he's a little careless with the ball. I think he takes a lot of really tough shots that look awesome when he makes them, but he still misses them because they're really tough shots. And I mean, the stats are terrible. If you're under 40%, under 20% from the field, you probably shouldn't be handling the ball and taking every single shot down the stretch. But also like Conley struggled to start the season. He was good yesterday, went away from him, but I don't know, maybe the Joe Ingles trade really messed him up. He was obviously out for the year, but like having that guy in the locker room obviously has been helpful for the Jazz in the past couple of years, having somebody there to just be like, making jokes and like having these two not be at their throats all the time, I think was probably valuable to them and it's not there right now. And it just feels like it's crumbling. Yeah. And then the stream team pointing out too, where's Quinn Snyder going next? Like is, uh, is he coaching Duke? Is he coaching the Lakers? Is he, is he some somehow still with Utah remains to be seen, but uh, this season is just falling apart here for Utah as they limp into the postseason. Trey, let's wrap up our losers of the weekend. We've talked Lakers. We've talked Jazz. Who's the third team? Who's the trifecta here for a rough weekend? It's the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, probably the weakest loser of the three. They lost to the Hawks. We talked about it. The loss dropped them, the Nets, into 10th place in the Eastern Conference right now. They've lost four of their last six, which has pretty much coincided with Kyrie Irving being able to play a whole bunch more. And the bad stuff for me, if I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan, is that this loss to the Hawks, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving combined to score 86 points. We saw a loss to the Grizzlies uh, a week and a half ago. KD and Kyrie combined to score 78 points. We've said so many times this year, hey, if KD and Kyrie get hot, they can win any game. They can win any series. That's definitely true. But as we're seeing, they can also still get really hot and still lose these games because they're not getting much production from their bench. The Hawks bench completely outplayed the Nets uh, yesterday. We're talking about plus minus Uh, like every single Hawks bench player was a plus. Every single Nets player was a minus. You know, they've got the easiest schedule remaining uh, of the eight, nine, 10 teams there, Brooklyn, Atlanta, and the Hornets. There's a chance that Brooklyn could get up to eighth, but they could also just as easily be looking at two do or die games. And when you're in that scenario, like you better have some solid performances from your, (laughs) from your role players. Cause you need the role player. You need one role player. If you're getting 90 from your big, Two, you still got to score basically 110 to win in the NBA. So I don't know. Uh, Tass says uh, the Nets don't care about the regular season. That's obviously true. They can elevate uh, their defense if they need to, but this could end up being really bad for the Nets because I think they don't actually match up that well against uh, the Hawks in particular because Kevin Durant's the best defender on the Nets. And the one guy he probably would not guard on the Hawks is Trey Young. So ain't a lot of defensive... uh, (laughs) impediments to a guard for the Brooklyn Nets. They could get lit up in the playoffs if it's Trey and he's doing his shimmy and he's doing his ice tray. So I don't know. The Nets are a weird team. They've had a supremely weird season. They get (laughs) big games from their big guys almost every single night, but the role players are still a roll of the dice. They almost did it last year against the Bucks. I'm a little less confident this year. Yeah. Tess, uh, anything to add there to the Nets weekend or them floundering here? Yeah, they, they they urinate in the eye of the regular season. They just don't care. They're ready for the playoffs. They say it after every game. It's it's strange that uh, this team that has championship aspirations has won. Uh, you know, their leaders have won titles. Uh, just 
don't care enough about the the defensive end during the regular season. Now they had an excuse on Saturday without Bruce Brown. I think is sort of their energy guy, uh, but. No, they were just <laughs> sounded, comfortable. Sounded like Kendrick Nunn there. <laughs> yeah, I bet for sure. They were just comfortable losing. They just they just thought, yeah, I mean, our guy's going to drop 55 and uh, we'll be fine. Uh, so, yeah, they – I don't know what they do here in the last four. They play a, – a, they have that easy schedule, as we mentioned, with the Knicks and the Rockets and the Pacers and a Cavs team that's, uh, you know, just stumbling along a little bit. Uh, so they could win easily three of those, but – yeah, they could easily lose a couple and, and no one would be that surprised just because the lights are on in the playoffs. Does that mean their intensity level goes up? I don't know. I, I think it's uh, I, I'm starting to not believe as much as I, I, I did before, because, yeah, the, you can't just turn on the faucet uh, as, as a basketball team. You just can't. So they're struggling. I want to also give uh, a loser of the weekend before we uh, wrap up here to uh, NBA referees, because we mentioned last week that. They're getting singled out a lot of the time. People know their names now. And I think that referees should be taking advantage of that. I think they should sign a deal sort of like NCAA players have signed to make money off their na- uh, their names, their image and likeness. They should. Because as I mentioned, uh, our friend uh, Diane Seton, our buddy Ryan Seton, his mom, Diane Seton's watching games and says, is that Tony Brothers? She knows Tony Brothers' names. This weekend, Tony Brothers got called out by Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd, after get ta- getting tossed, he said, Tony, he's throwing me out as a player, and now he's throwing me out as a coach. What I said to him was, whose ball is it? And he took that personal, unfortunately, and threw me out. It happens. Imagine Tony Brothers. He can make a commercial about him tossing out players uh, in NBA games. I mean, they should be able to make money. I know it's not like college players. These people actually get paid. But still, I mean, they're calling them out. Why can't they take advantage of their names? Uh, uh, in addition, Natalie Sago, referee, was called out uh, by Taylor Jenkins. He said, I get tossed from a game and it's next man up because Natalie Sago in, in the AP report is being named as the person who tossed uh, Taylor Jenkins. So uh, I think referees should be taking advantage of the stripes. Uh, they should have... Their names on the back of their jerseys, not oh, just wow. a number. Not just the number. Let's they sh- let's get their their union <laughs> boss, Monty McCutcheon. Come on, let's make some money for these referees. I don't know why, but uh, this, listen. this is good. This is good from Ziggy. I wonder how high some refs' names would land on the recognizability scale. Is Tony Brothers a more famous name than Dario Saric? <laughs> good question. <laughs> Could be. I, would, I mean, I'd just be fascinated to know. Uh, diehard NBA fan, a casual NBA fan, whatever, like show them photos of refs and like see how many they could name. Like, I, I don't even know how many I could name. Like, it feels like I could name, I don't know. Off the top of my head, it feels like I can maybe name 10. Yeah, but 10 I, seems are, good. There are many refs that I watch every night because we're watching so much basketball. I'm like, I don't know who that is. Like, I got no clue. But then, of course, there are like the few the few that you do. Like, you're Ed Malloy's and your Tony's. Yeah, the role stuff. players. The role players yeah. and the stars. Yeah. You see Zach Zarba Zarbo. out there. Oh, I'd love to have a Zach Zarba <laughs> jersey. <laughs> Can you imagine if you could buy referee jerseys? Who would be the best-selling jersey? Probably Joey Crawford. Uh, you know, I saw the University of North Carolina. All their student section is wearing Michael Jordan jerseys, even though they weren't born when he was playing for UNC. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, Joey Crawford would still be the one to have. Have. A McCutcheon would be nice. 
You throw back and cut it. <laughs> do you want to meet? Do you want to talk to uh, Breaking Tea and maybe we can make some uh, referee? Get a ref like, tea uh, shirt. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there is definitely a a faction of people that would be into it. People want to. Re- people like refereeing, as in like the people who want to be referees. You know, those people. I mean, it's a small, it's a small number, but those people would be into it. Those people would okay. want to wear the stripes. Let, it, let us know in the stream team. Let us know in the YouTube comments. Tweet at us. Uh, do you want us to look into making some uh, referee <laughs> merchandise? Oh, Workman. Uh, Workman would be a oh, good that would be uh, a selling good one. jersey. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah, let's see, it would work. double meaning. There's, uh, it's Haywood, not Hayward, Workman, yeah, well, Dion uh, Reed. But that's all right. That's all right. See, no, Workman, know. yeah, a couple meanings. Hard worker. Uh, I, saw, uh, I think Workman was working on the weekend. He's always working, man. Yeah, um, a, a nice Mitchell and uh, it's not Hess. Hess, Jeez, what's wrong with you guys? <laughs> you guys need Grammarly in your uh, stream team comments. Uh, all right, let's take one more break. When we come back, uh, tweet of the night, and unfortunately for me, pick them results from Friday night and a little bit more. Discovered the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, back with No Dunks here on a Monday. Andrew, my man, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, Tweet of the Night. I mailed this one in because I was watching a lot of television this weekend. A lot of basketball, some college sprinkled in, both men's and women's, and then a bunch of WrestleMania, which is like... I don't know, it takes like 12 hours of your weekend at this point because it's on two nights. I watched a, I watched a lot of it. Did I fall asleep during both of the uh, final events on what? both nights? Absolutely right I did. Uh, you know, but I caught them uh, in the morning. So, <laughs> yeah, so I mailed it in. So my tweet is from me, at J.E. Skeets. It's a good tweet, though, because Justin Bieber was at the Grammys last night. And I hope you saw his suit. And if you're joining us on YouTube, you're seeing a photo of it. Just Trey. A giant suit on this guy. It's a big suit. Uh, yeah, channeling his Kuzma vibes with this suit. And I just wrote, same energy, Bieber photo at the Grammys, giant suit, alongside a photo of my wife, uh, Nora, wearing Shaquille O'Neal's jacket back uh, when we were at 
TNT uh, with the starter show. So that is uh, that's Nora there in Shaq's jacket and pretty damn similar. She's you know she wasn't wearing the pants. She wasn't wearing giant Crocs <laughs> that this guy had on too. These monster Crocs. But uh, there it is. And that's Tweet of the Night, Dre. Yeah, uh, wild look from Bieber. You can't even see the guy's hands. That, that's the crazy part to me. I crazy. mean, big pants, sure. Sure, he's got those gigantic Balenciaga boots. <laughs> like, I, I kind of want a pair of those boots so people get off my back with these tiny feet. Got those giant boots, <laughs> nobody would say a thing. But like not being able to see your hands, you'd be able to sneak in so much snacks, I think. Oh, <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's what Bieber was doing. Sliding in there with some Sour Patch Kids. Some junior mints, whatever you may have. Uh, but yeah, you know, big is back, Skeets. Yeah, big is back. So maybe we got to pull a heist over there, the NBA TV studios, get some of Shaq's old suits and just wear them around. <laughs> can't believe, I can't believe big is back, man. Big is back. Uh, yeah. It all comes around, yeah. man. Yeah, great, grade eight, grade nine, Skeets, he's loving this, though, because that's when my clothes were at their largest. And I was at my smallest, basically. <laughs> my but, clothes uh, were clothes at their were largest. Huge. I was drowning in those uh, jerseys and jeans and all that stuff, Tass. I don't know. Did you have a big? Yeah. Oh, Tass, definitely. You had a big jeans face. I even sure. I remember that. Yeah. Sure. But yeah. they're functional. I could wear them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Biebs sure. Sure. played the piano later at the Grammys. He's got his peaches out in Georgia. Yes, he right. does. Yeah. Yes, but, he does. but he couldn't use that suit, obviously, to play the piano. Now, I would have liked to see Did that. Did he change? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he took it off, I guess. I don't know what he had underneath. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, you can't the play jacket. piano with those kind of sleeves. No, it's impossible. No, no. <laughs> you can't even roll them up. Like, yeah, you're not rolling a sleeve, a suit sleeve. I've seen him wearing big, pa- like big jeans. I saw him wearing big jeans and a giant puffer jacket to a Lakers game, looking yeah, like Fred yeah. Durst in 1999. As a you know, like as a casual look, big stuff, no problem. I like a nice tailored suit though. Is it possible yeah. he was just cold and his bodyguard gave him his jacket? Because <laughs> that's like so a shot on the, the red yeah. carpet. Boo. That was just boo from all sides. Terrible. Terrible stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he did. Br- Who knows, man? Brutal luck. Uh, buddy, you know, look, I guess you wear it with some confidence and people call it fashion. And <laughs> uh, people are pointing out in the stream team, really, uh, Kyle Kuzma, sort of a trendsetter here with the uh, giant, giant sweater. Giant sweater that he had on. And I think uh, he was even wearing like a knit cap like that. So maybe Bieber was paying homage mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to Kuzma there. So. Great, great <laughs> luck there from Biebs. Don't worry, you know, you'd be he wouldn't be caught dead wearing that in Stratford, though. He'd be laughed out of the city. You know? <laughs> yeah. Your suit's too big. Get out of here. How are you gonna eat your real Thompson candies <laughs> in a suit like that, you fool? Okay. Pick them results from Friday night. I'm not happy about this. It's brought to you by BetMGM. Happy about that part. Not happy about the result though, because it was down to to Lee and I. Somehow I was I don't know what happened in this month. I felt like I was doing really well. I was in the clear, and here I am losing the month of March in a tiebreaker on Friday night's game, and it's my own fault. I picked first. Lakers were favored by one and a half at home to the Pelicans. I took LA. I was like, to me, it was like, this is their game. Sorry, this is their season. Do they want to actually try and get into this thing, into the play-in, and maybe, like, whatever, make some noise? You know, AD was back, and LeBron was there, and they lose. They lost by three. LeBron took a brutal shot late. That I guess could have tied it if I have if I remember correctly, but yeah. uh, Lee wins, Terrible. and I lose. I can't believe it. So I uh, now owe another pick and payoff. Tasso's a couple, so we'll uh, we'll get to paying these off. But 
can't believe that happened. I, just, I really don't know what. I was like, what? I'm like convinced I did it somehow. But uh, no, I did. 11 and 12, my record. Still better than the Lakers. Uh, so there you go. Way to go, Lee. You avoided another one. Uh, guys, let's call it there. Email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Oh, I guess I could say this. People might be wondering, where's tonight's pick em? We're not going to do it for April. It's done for the season, Tass. Is that right? You know, we've, uh, we'll put it to the side and kick it off in, uh, whatever, in October next season. Yeah, we got to catch up on the old uh, pick and payoffs. True. So, uh, yes, it's over. And we okay. don't do it in the postseason, obviously. So. I obviously. mean, if we were to do it for April, we'd have like we'd have five one nights week, or yeah. six nights. Yeah, one week. So, okay. That makes sense. So Tasso's two, I think, still. I owe one. We will get to paint those off, don't you worry, and uh, pick them will return. And we don't do it during the playoffs because uh, we're too locked in, guys. Uh, email in your NBA questions, though, to nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at nodunksinc. Get yourself that athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. Dollar a month for up to six months for new subscribers. Um, a little reminder here. No new nodunks tomorrow. There are no NBA games on tonight. Because of that college mm-hmm. final, Trey's got the the sweater on there. Go Tar Heels, taking down uh, taking down Dukey in the final four. So what is it? It's Kansas and UNC. Is that right? That's right. The Roy Williams showdown. So mm. that's cool. That's cool for them. Who's winning? Uh, I'm going UNC. Um, I don't know. They seem to have been on a magical run lately. They had a big beef in the in their game against Duke. I don't know. I don't know anything about these teams, but you know, Skeets, you said uh, your clothes were at their biggest in the 90s. I'm with you. I got this shirt in like seventh grade and it still fits oh, wow. me. I've been an extra large for 30 years at this point. Oh, <laughs> yeah, cool. Eventually, my body actually filled it out. Is that uh, coolant blue? Because you're talking uh, Mac Weldon there <laughs> earlier and you're thinking about the, the jumpsuit you're getting. I think coolant blue is probably like North Carolina blue because I think of coolant blue like yeah, windshield washer fluid blue. Yeah, it's yeah, close. Yep, yeah, cool right. blue is much, very much that color. <laughs> nice. So yeah, no games on tonight means no new no dunks tomorrow. Though we do plan on posting our best of March compilation from our guy Sergio on YouTube, so we'll have a little something up for you to kill some time. Those compilations, I mean, we have so much gold. Those things are like forty-five minutes to an hour usually. So there's basically be like a whole new episode for you. Um, so we'll have that up on our YouTube channel, but yeah, no new, no dunks because there's no NBA games on back on Wednesday though. Uh, and Tass, you got like, uh, what's been the, I don't know. What's been your highlight so far of your couple days there at Disney world or what do you have in store today? Like, have you, I know it's for your kids obviously, but has, has Tass Mellis been like, Whoa, that's cool or no. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's great. Uh, I've got a two-year-old. It's great to freak her out a little bit uh, because she just bounces right back. But uh, rides that aren't, you know, roller coaster rides, but they're, you know, these rides that you, you barely need a lap bar. Uh, but she gets freaked out um, mm-hmm. and then she bounces right back. So it's been great to see her cry a little bit, just get a little <laughs> shock, a little shock value. And then uh, she just jumps right back in. So, uh, yeah, there was uh, an Anna and Elsa ride where... You go forwards and backwards, and we were all a little startled. We didn't know we were going backwards. And, <laughs> uh, and then she got splashed by some water. Got Uh-oh. it on video, too. So a perfect dad moment. We'll have that forever. She got freaked the hell out. Her oh. eyes bugged out of her head. Um, but my uh, Zoe, my four-and-a-half-year-old, was loving it. So She's it loving it? All, yeah. all good. Yeah, that was 
That's probably the the best thing. I mean, I'm going to be at the bar tonight. Unfortunately, that game starts at 9:20. What the yes, late start. Yes, that's right. That's but there's uh, some the Jayhawks. There's some Jayhawks fans in the building here. I don't know what a Jayhawk <laughs> is, but I'll be uh, hanging with them, uh, watching Kansas and okay. uh, North Carolina. So you'll be cheering for Kansas because of your new uh, Jayhawks fans there. I guess. The, uh, I mean, okay. I got I got no rooting interest. Um, but yeah, they 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 seem like cool cool fam so i'll be with them yeah <laughs> okay andrew let's bring you on here who you got tonight come on break it down you probably know more about college ball than all of us combined oh give me the jayhawks oh why abaji's been on like a, a crazy run here so i think the his, his shooting has been unbelievable okay and he 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 wants to be in the lottery let's get this guy in the lottery tonight all right mm. there it is all right let us know in the stream team jayhawks or tar heels who you got who's the favorite kansas What's the line? Four and a half? They're a one seed. I imagine they're the favorites. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. Should be a good game. Hopefully it's close. Will will be back on Wednesday, if I have that right. Yeah. Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, live here on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. And uh, we really appreciate that if you leave your boys a five-star rating and review as well. And like I said, Lily will be back, but we got Andrew all week long. Enjoy the game tonight. Until then, Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Uh, thanks for joining us. And remember, just going to use this quote from uh, the quotatious four morning poops here in the stream team. Get upset, then just let it go. <laughs> nice frozen reference, four morning poops. Great to see you again, four morning poops. Love saying four morning poops. Have I said it four Brace. times? Four morning yeah. poops. <laughs> Brace your poops, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.